0: Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host, Chris Gordy from Locked on SEC. Joining me on today's show because we have a huge future SEC matchup this Saturday between your Texas Longhorns and the Alabama Crimson Tide. And we know Alabama is the number one team in the nation. Nick Saban is the gold standard. Alabama has won 10 plus games every season since 2008. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you what comes to mind when you think of a Nick Saban coached football team?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're always going to be uh, fundamentally sound. They're not going to do things that are going to cost them the game. Uh, they're never going to lose their cool or composure. It's it's all about the process. And, you know, this Alabama team is built very much the same of, of ones that he's had in the past. Um, it feels like they're going to get back to a little bit more of what we've come to know, a dominant run game. We saw Jameer Gibbs uh, the Georgia Tech transfer a good bit last week and their win over Utah State. He had nine carries for 93 yards, uh, but the adding component was Bryce Young rushing, and we saw him with over you know 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. That's another added dynamic to Bryce Young's game, because last year when, they, when he had the Heisman Trophy winning season, he didn't really run the ball at all. It was, you know, they had some plays where they would roll him out in a space and, you know, bootlegs and looking for his guy down the field and all that, but he was mostly just a passing quarterback. And so now it's an added wrinkle of, man, if, if this kid's going to add the running ability to his game as well, it's just another thing you got to factor in. And so, yeah, look, it, it's it's a loaded Alabama team. You know, the defense, I think, is, is a little bit spicy after not getting a sack a week ago. Will Anderson is a guy who people were saying, oh, can he get 20, 25 sacks this season? Well, he had zero in week one. Bad news for Longhorn fans, I think Will Anderson's going to come out on a man on a mission wanting more sacks this week. So uh, there's that component to it. But I do think the familiarity plays a little bit of a role in this matchup. I think Sark knowing Saban as well as he does and knowing, you know, a lot of these guys like Bryce Young and his tendencies and some of the other guys, I think that plays a factor. But, man, my my opinion has changed on this game so much. From Had you asked me back in, like, May or June – when you know it looked like a Jai Hall and, and Jermaine Billingsley were going to play in this game, and you know it looked like uh, Texas was going to be fully healthy with their uh, all their transfers coming in and all this, and now all the injuries that have mounted up through fall camp for Longhorns, and on top of it, the suspensions. I just I wonder if Texas can be um, you know can can hang with Alabama in this game, and and I was disappointed to see Fox picked it up as a stupid 11 a.m. game. I was hoping to <laughs> yes. be a night game. You know, I was at the, the LSU-Texas game a few years ago, and I think playing at night in DK Royal Stadium actually absolutely plays a factor. You play this thing at 11 a.m., the fans are still waking up. It's a sleepwalk. And so I'm a little disappointed with that. I thought maybe the fans, uh, you know, the stadium could play a factor. But the fans maybe can still. I mean, they're going to show up and show out. This is going to be a sold-out game, a packed stadium, uh, it's going to be incumbent on the fans to bring it, and let's see what Quinn Ewers and Bijan Robinson can do.
0: Yeah, so you talked about uh, the familiarity there between Sark and Nick Saban. Sark, of course, spent two years under Nick Saban as an offensive coordinator. Uh, for a while, it looked like Nick Saban's uh, assistants couldn't touch him at all, and then last year, uh, Jimbo Fisher and Kirby Smart got wins uh, against the, the, the master, I should say, in Nick Saban. So, uh, what type does it give Sark any advantage that he spent two years under Nick Saban? And, and what does that mean for this matchup on Saturday?
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. Yeah. Last year we finally see the Saban assistants break through and, and get wins in, in Jimbo at AM, and then of course uh, Kirby at Georgia, which keep in mind he lost to Saban first in the SEC title game and then got the the win in the, in the national yeah. championship game. But I think the the problem is when, you know, it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi Luke Skywalker thing. I think Obi-Wan's always going to have the upper hand. Um, you know, you can think, you know, Saban, you can think, you know, his tendencies, you can think, you know, this and that, but at the end of the day, he's still the master. Um, but that said, again, Sark was there in, in Tuscaloosa when some of these guys were recruited, know some of these guys, you know, sat in living rooms with their family when they were recruiting him. So I think he's going to have a pretty good scouting report on a lot of these guys, but um, you know, I think it's it's ultimately going to come going to come down to what does his play calling look like, and can they score consistently to keep up with Alabama? Because I just get the vibes that Alabama is going to score at will like they just did this past week, fifty five nothing route of, of Utah State. Can Texas um, hang with them? I, I think you know, forget the 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 defensive front. Forget Will Anderson. You got to get that ball out quick. Uh, but Utah State did a pretty good job of that. They got the ball out quick. It was just a lot of incompletions and, you know, completions short of the chains, and they're going three-and-out punting, but they did do a good job of avoiding those sacks. I think that's a good model for Texas to follow. We got to get that ball out quick, make sure, you know, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner are not a factor here, but, um, again, Sark's a great play caller, and and I I liked what we saw to Quinn Ewers in week one, and, you know, I think, They need to use that as an example and say we got to get the ball out quick and and get into our playmakers' hands and, and keep those chains moving. And, again, if you can answer Bama every score with a score of your own, then you might find yourself in a shootout here.
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll get into the specifics a little bit later as far as what the offense and the defense needs to do. Uh, Gordy has pretty much already told Longhorn Nation. He doesn't have much faith in in Sark and Quinn Ewers on Saturday against Alabama. But, you know, we'll see what happens. They still got to go out there and play for 60 minutes. All right, so um, when you look at it, you know, very few teams have been able to beat or challenge Alabama, but it has been done before. So in your experience as the host of Locked On SEC and somebody who's followed the Crimson Tide very closely, what has been the blueprint for teams that have been able to challenge Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide or beat them?
1: Well, I mean, outside of, you know, uh, Stetson Bennett in the national championship game a year ago, um, and really Zach Elzada at a you know, those are two kind of pocket passers that were able to do it. But historically, what we've seen the last decade plus has been running quarterbacks, right? John, Johnny Manziel, um, you know, guys who could get out in space and keep the plays alive with their feet. Um, but like I said, more recently, if you're fundamentally sound, you're a pocket passer and you're completing your passes down the field, it can be done again. You just have to match them score for score. And that's what Stetson Bennett and, and, uh, Georgia were able to do in that national championship game, put together some touchdown drives in that fourth quarter and, and, and go at Alabama. Um, you know, I will say, uh, Alabama has a weakness in the secondary right now. They're trying to figure some things out. Kool-Aid McKinstry is a really good. Ah, uh, cover corner, but outside of that, they've been trying to other guys: Terry and Arnold, Kyrie Jackson. They bring in Eli Ricks, the transfer from LSU. He was trying to get his feet wet. I think Alabama ha- is susceptible um, to giving up some big pass plays down the field. And so, you know, if I were if I were to say that the defense has one weakness, that would be it right now: that they don't have just those shut down corners that are gonna uh, that are gonna take away the wide receivers. And again, if I'm Georgia or if I'm a Texas maybe what I'm doing is running some more fly routes and trying to you know maybe make those guys a little bit more handsy that's going to draw the flags and draw the pass interference penalties and keep some drives alive and so again you know I think I think that's the weakness on the defensive side for Alabama on the offensive side you know they they were trying to figure out who's going to be that next big wide receiver um you know for the past decade plus Bama's had that number one guy whether it was jerry judy or calvin ridley or i mean the name name a wide receiver and they've had it they lose john mechie and jameson williams this past offseason and now they bring in jermaine burton who's a transfer from georgia they bring in you know they have jacori brooks and Trayshawn holden and then they have a true freshman in kobe prentice who has really kind of made a name for himself already uh through week one but that offensive line is not superb for alabama Bryce Young does a fantastic job of keeping plays alive with his feet and uh, able to, even if you got a hand on him, man, he can still shake you off and find his guy down the field and deliver the pass. But I would say right now, Alabama's offensive line is a little suspect. Um, You know, they brought in a transfer from Vanderbilt and Tyler Steen, who's their starting left tackle. You know, when I say those words, Alabama had to bring in a Vandy transfer to start at left tackle. That's that's red flag right there. Like that shouldn't be a thing, but, I think some of the other guys, Darian Dalcourt, did a really good job at center for them this past week. Emil Echour, who was who has had who's been good for them in recent years, uh, he was a little struggling. He got in late in the first quarter and I thought played okay. But um, I would say again, if you got if you're looking for a weakness for Alabama, offensively, it's the O line isn't great. But against Bryce Young, it seems to not really matter. He can still get rid of the ball. And defensively, it's a secondary.
0: All right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the the Texas offense and the Texas defense and what they can do to challenge Alabama. A quick word from underdog fantasy, uh, the easiest place to spice up college football season. Look, it's easy to play. You can win cold, hard cash in a single game and it has investment backing from Mark Cuban and forever longhorn, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. They have always been focused on building a superior product for a fun user experience. Their customer support team is top notch. One of the best in the business. And look, Core call to action. Sign up with the promo code Locked On and Underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Yes, deposit a hundred dollars and you get a hundred dollars free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or Google Play Store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick em action today. So, Chris, you talked about this Alabama secondary. Uh, being a weakness maybe no I wouldn't say a weakness but not being as strong as it's been (laughs) in recent years I don't want to put any bulletin board material out there for Nick Saban Uh, and so now you have Quinn Ewers uh, who was a gunslinger and can sling the ball we saw him uh, trying to get the deep pass going in the game against ULM and he didn't but that's going to obviously have to be something they can do against Alabama to beat them so uh, do you see a scenario where Sark with his experience under Nick Saban and um the inconsistency they have right now in the defensive backfield maybe playing in Quinn Ewers in the offense favor.
1: Yeah, again, like I just man, I really wish that you had a Jai Hall and I, I wish the injury doesn't happen to uh Isaiah Nayer. Like I just if, if Texas were at their full complement of strength of with all those weapons out there, I'd say hell yeah, they can go toe to toe. Um look, Xavier Worthy, you know, only had a couple passes this past week. I think he's a guy who can get loose I think you're going to look to some of those, you know, some of those freshmen from uh, Brennan Thompson, Savion Red. Like, what, what are those guys? What, You know, you came here for a reason. Can you step up and play big games like this? And Casey Kane, Jordan, Whittington, are they ready to step up to the plate? Um, those guys have to get open. Uh, I know Sanders, you know, at the tight end spot, was able to have a big week this week. I think he's going to have to have another big week again. Um but, yeah, I think if I'm Sark, you know, I know that he's made the comments this week about, oh, this game has nothing to do with us winning the Big 12, and he's kind of dismissing it. I would almost say if you're going to take that approach, then let it all hang out there. Go for it on fourth downs. Run a trick play. Run a fake punt. Run a fake field goal. You know what I mean? Like unloose, unleash the uh, the bag of tricks if you're Sark, because what else do you have to lose, right? If people are picking you to lose this game by 20 points and – you know, it's looking like you're gonna get blown out. Why not try some things and see what you can do in this one? And again, maybe hang with hang with Alabama for a while. But um I, I do think they're gonna to have to get creative with how they you know utilize the run game again. Big Will Anderson, and all those guys up front, DJ Dale and company, they are big time run stuffers. I'd love to see Bijan get out in space, uh, maybe get some will routes with him and Roshan Johnson and, and those guys and and utilize them out, out in space. But, um, again, I, I just – this is a game at Sark, when it comes to play calling, let it all hang out, man. What do you have to lose? You can get more conservative when you get in a Big 12 play, but in this one, you know, if, if you blink and you're down 14 nothing, 21-0, it's, you're going to be looking back going, man, we should have just uh, – we should have went for it on those fourth downs.
0: Yeah, do you think that Texas has a better chance of winning this game in a shootout, you know, like you said, trying to go touchdown for touchdown with Bryce Young? or maybe shortening the game, running the ball with B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and trying to win a lower-scoring game against the Crimson Tide.
1: It's interesting. I, I thought Florida State did a good job of that with LSU the other night. I mean, they they literally just nickel and dimed LSU and played ball control. I, you know, that game kicked off at like 6, and it was almost 9. I'm like, this game's almost over. What's going on here? It's because Florida State did a good job of ball control. They ate up clock. I mean, it would be – you know, every third and short, they converted – you know, only got the three yards they needed, and we're moving the chains. And it's just like these long, methodical drives. And um, you yeah, know, that's an interesting approach if Texas decides to go that route. Yeah, eat up clock, run with Bijan, and um, you know, just play keep away from Bryce Young. He's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Why not try to keep the ball out of his hands? I just don't know if that would lead to a recipe for success for Texas. Again, um, I just think the high-powered offense from Alabama. Every time they touch the ball, they're gonna they're gonna score points. Um, I think Texas needs to go up tempo and, and and keep up with them. So it's an interesting thought. I'll be curious to see what, what Sark and company decide to do.
0: And on the defensive side, you talked about Bryce Young, the returning Heisman winner. Um, he looked great in the first game against Utah State, but he added um, an element we haven't seen much of with, uh, I think, six carries for 100 yards and a rushing touchdown. So how much do you think Bryce Young's dual threat ability uh, will play a factor against Texas on Saturday?
1: Yeah, it was new. Uh was not expecting to see him tucking and run it and man, he looks like he's improved his speed this offseason. He was not that fast a year ago. So obviously he's that's a that's an element of a, of his game that he's added, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, if I'm Texas, maybe I put a spy on him and say, "Okay, you know, dare you to uh dare you to run it." But, you know, I I thought Texas did a pretty good job of getting some pressure on the quarterback this past week against Louisiana Monroe. Um Getting a, getting a couple of sacks from some of the guys. And I would just almost say, yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's just play a traditional. Let's see what we can do. And if we get some sacks, great. But, um, yeah, if Bryce Young is tucking and running it, then, yeah, I think you're almost forced to say we're going to take one of our linebackers. We're going to make him a spy and I have to keep him in the pocket. It's just the tough part about Bryce Young, man, is and I've seen it so many times. You know, I saw it this past week and I saw it all last season. Even when you get to him and you get a hand on him, and you can't bring him down. He still is keeping his eyes downfield, and he's looking for that open target. And you know, it's like you get the you get the successful pass rush, you get a hand on him, and he still completes the pass down the field. It's the first down for Alabama. So, it's it's frustrating at times, but that what that's what makes him so
0: great. Who is one offensive weapon the Longhorns absolutely have to keep in control for the Crimson Tide? Is it Jameer Gibbs at running back, or is it somebody at wide receiver, a tight end on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I think it's Gibbs. Um, The interesting part about Gibbs is, you know, we heard about his versatility at Georgia Tech, how, uh, you know, this guy is a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Well, against Utah State last week, all we saw, you know, he had one catch for five yards. Um, That's a dangerous aspect of his game that I just feel like Jameer Gibbs, if you don't keep track of him and he leaks out of that backfield and you're not accounting for him, man, he's going to catch a big play and, and do some damage against you down the field. So, uh, Jace McClellan, who's their backup running back, he saw some action this past week. He had two catches four two touchdowns. So he's another one that that is that threat leaking out of that backfield. They just they just have so many weapons. Again, I, the, the the added bonus for Texas right now is they still don't have a clear cut number one wide receiver, like I talked about. You know, who is the the uh, Julio Jones or the, the Calvin Ridley or whatever? They don't really have one yet. But, man, Treshawn Holden did look really good. Kobe Prentice, the freshman, did look really good. Uh, but I'd say, you know, there's no, you know, just absolute dynamic weapon that Texas needs to say, oh, when that guy, you know, when that guy's out there, we got to bracket him in coverage or double-team him and all that. Um, I would just say keep an eye on, on Jameer Gibbs just because he's that dangerous a weapon either if, he, either if he's getting the ball out of the
0: backfield or if he's getting out in space. Okay. If the Longhorns were to beat the Crimson Tide on Saturday, who would have to be the best player on the field?
1: I think it's got to be yours. Um, I think he's going to have to, you know, have a big day for, for Texas to win this game. And I also think they're going to have to have some some big defensive plays, some, you know, some of those momentum-changing plays, a pick six, um, you know, a, a big turnover that that puts you into short yardage, uh, a blocked punt, a blocked field goal, something that's going to wake that stadium up and get Darrell K. Royal Stadium rocking and get that fan base uh, loud and behind them. Because let's be real, like Alabama, when you think about it, last year, Bryce Young didn't really play in a lot of hostile environments. And when he did, there were times when he struggled. Alabama went to the swamp last year for the first time in a long time. They found themselves struggling in that fourth quarter and had to hang on as Florida went for two and you know an opportunity to, to extend that game. And it's a game that Alabama could have easily lost. Uh, at Auburn last year in the Iron Bowl, it's a game Alabama should have lost. If uh, Tank Bigsby goes down in bounds, they eat up clock, and Alabama or Auburn wins that game. So Alabama has played with fire in, in recent years. They've had games at LSU uh, beat them in the trenches last year, a team that they were you know supposed to blow out by a, a million points, and LSU hung with them for a while. So. Um, I, I think if, if the fans can bring it on Saturday morning, I'll be in an early game, wake up early, get your, get your voice ready and, and start to scream and yell. I think the hostile environment can have an effect on Bryce Young and that offense. But again, it's going to take some of those big game changing plays from Texas, both on defense and special teams to really sway that momentum. And of course, like I said, a big day from, from Quinn Ewers
0: is going to be needed. Chris, I'm gonna get you out of here on this. What would a win for sark mean on saturday against nick saban in alabama
1: oh it'd be huge i mean it'd be a huge feather in his cap we know you know the five and seven season a year ago is not what anybody wanted you know i bring it up all the time though so many of those games last year were were one score games it could have easily swung the other way and we could have been talking about a 10-win season i know people always say oh ifs ifs and buts or whatever but i mean it's true if you watched texas last year they were so close in so many of those games and it felt like, man, this program is very close to to flipping the tide. Um, I think they're in that same spot right now. I don't know if this game will be indicative of, like I said, the season that Texas is going to have. They can still run through the through the Big 12. Oklahoma's transitioning. Baylor, I don't know if, if they're as dominant as they were a year ago. Oklahoma State's still always dangerous. But I, I think this sets up where uh, even if Sark loses this weekend, he'll have an opportunity to win the Big 12, take that step forward. And, you know, I, I've joked about it all offseason. I think he's – a guy who's not in danger of losing his job at all because of the recruiting class he's bringing in. When you have Arch Manning and all those kids recruited, uh, committed for next year, I mean, if Sarco, even if he wins five games this year, they're not going to fire him because they're going to look at it and say, we can't ruin what we have coming in next year. So he's in that aspect, he's playing with a little bit of house money, but I do think he takes a, a step forward. I think this is at least a seven win, if not more team this year and i think that we start to see some of those close games they lost a year ago they start to win this year but to answer your question what would a win mean this weekend it would be massive it would be a huge exclamation point for this program and i think it would send a a message to the longhorn faithful that hey maybe we're a little bit ahead of schedule but you know uh, more so than we thought we were and um again it would be a massive massive win and it might be the, the thing that keeps alabama out of the playoff at the end of the
0: year Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host, Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC. Joining the show, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On SEC on YouTube and listening to Locked On SEC wherever you get your podcasts. Longhorn Nation, is Bama Week. Peace.